prepare to be inspired by some of the most successful athletes on the planet. This is Athlete on Fire, your daily source of amazing stories that will ignite your pursuit of excellence and inspire you to be and do amazing things. Now, I have one question. Are you fired up? Hey everybody, this is Scott Jones, the host of Athlete on Fire. Of course I'm fired up as usual. Uh, I'm excited for today's guest. You guys are going to get a kick out of this guy. He is unfiltered. He's got a great story. He's adventurous. He's a business person. And he brings a lot of value to athletes from, from pretty much any background that you can imagine. And uh, I think you guys are going to really enjoy that. I'm going to take a minute today and uh, tell you a little bit more about myself. Right now I'm driving across the country. I am in the middle of Kansas. Actually, we just got to Kansas City today, and uh, my grandfather, uh, Papa Gene, Gene Smalley, he passed away yesterday. It's my mom's dad, and I've been blessed my whole life to really have a good relationship with, with all of my grandparents, and and uh, my grandmother, his his wife, just died last year, and I wrote about it on a blog on, on the Athlete, Athlete on Fire post. I really want to bring personal uh, experience to my business life. I've never really done that in the past, and I think it's important for people to know where I'm coming from. So, so that's where I'm at. I'm at in Kansas City right now. I just uploaded Joe Joe Decker's show. You're going to really enjoy it. Before we get there, I'm, I'm going to start something that a buddy of mine who does the Runner Academy podcast, uh, Matt Johnson. He's been uh, he's been helping me a lot in this in this initial journey here. And uh, he said it really was was cool for him to share reviews on, on his iTunes and Stitcher account when he first got started. So I'm going to share a couple every episode. And uh, today, I'd like to share one from Mountain Bike Radio. And they said it's a new podcast, but it's filled with inspiration. He said it's great, and I'd recommend tuning in. So I appreciate that, Mountain Bike Radio. And uh, the second one was, uh, was Grey Dogs. And they said, great new show, which was simple, but I, I'm appreciative of, of their review as well. And I'll read one more. And it's from Word Up 1001. It says, everyone is an athlete and can relate to this podcast. It's great inspiration, great interviews, and great stories. So those are just three of my reviews. I would love if you guys did enjoy the show to go over to iTunes or Stitcher. Look up Athlete on Fire and leave a review as well. And don't forget, after the workout, go to Fitness on Fire on, at the Athlete Workouts from athleteonfire.com. Go try one of the workouts that Joe gives you. You're going to love it. It's tough, but I have modified the other workouts so that anybody can do them. Enjoy the show with Joe. It's a great one. Thanks a lot. Hey, welcome to Athlete on Fire. I'm Scott Jones, your host, and thank you guys for tuning in today. Our guest today is a beast, man. This guy uh, was the world's fittest man back in 2000. He's a renowned outdoor fitness instructor. He's an ultra-endurance power athlete. He's won some crazy events. He's competed in some crazy events, and we'll get into that later on. I'm excited to, to present to you guys Mr. Joe Decker of Gut Check Fitness. Joe, you fired up, man? I'm fired up, Scott. I'm ready to go, buddy. All right, man. I'm, I'm so excited to share your story. You got some crazy unique uh, things that's happened in your life, and I, and I want everybody to know uh, what your motto is. And, and your website says that your motto is, the earth is your gym. Is that right? That's, that's pretty much it. I'm, uh, I'm all about uh, getting out in the woods and, and getting after it. Uh, you know, I always tell all my friends and my clients are afraid of the dark. There's nothing meaner out there at night than me. I mean, I just love it. That's, that's, that's where, where the wild things roam is where I live. Oh, that's awesome, man. And, you know, I... We, we had three segments. I'm not going to be too windy explaining them to you. But uh, the first one is Athlete Defined, where we get to know you. The second one is uh, Athlete on Fire, where we get to know the mental side of competing and, and uh, 
athletic competition. And the last one is athlete inspired. We're just going to give people some really good inspirational uh, takeaways there. Okay. Cool. So before we get too far away, let's just get right into athlete, athlete defined. Okay. I'll, we're going to start off with a couple uh, icebreakers. I want to get to know you a little bit. So let's pretend that you're 15 years old. All right. Where are you in the world on a Saturday in the summertime? What are you doing all day long? Uh, 15 years old, my, my ass would be on the back of a hay wagon right now, bucking bales uh, from, from sunup till past sundown. Um, that was pretty much pretty much it. And after that, I'd probably uh, be grabbing a six-pack of old Milwaukee and hitting a swimming hole. <laughs> I said 15, Joe. I, hey, brother, I grew up in the Midwest, man. It was a different time then. Yeah, I hear you. So where, where was that? Where in Midwest were you? I grew up in a little tiny town called Cuba, Illinois, uh, about 1,400 people out in the middle of nowhere, a pretty rural area. Um, you know, a good place to grow up. Um, definitely, you know, enjoyed it, loved it, but it was, uh, as soon as I got 18, I was ready to get the heck out of there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it sounds like a farming lifestyle. There's a lot of work ethic instilled there. What, what was your childhood like? What, what kind of work ethic was instilled in you? Uh, you know, I grew up, my father was uh, pretty strict. He had four boys. We were a little rambunctious. He kept us in line. Uh, grandfather was, uh, you know, World War II vet that we worked for. So we had a little bit of military discipline and then this, that, uh, you know, that farm, that farm, uh, ethic where, uh, you know, you, you didn't get to sleep in on Saturday mornings like the other kids. You were up, um, slopping hogs, uh, weed and beans, bucking bales and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I didn't like it much at the time. I'd be a liar if I said I did. I mean, it sucked. You know, 15, hell, you want to sleep till noon or, uh, you know, do other things, go chase girls. But got older, I realized that it wasn't such a bad way to grow up. You know, there's still a lot of discipline, integrity, and values and stuff like that. Yeah, so, you know, I, I have a lot of family back uh, back east in West Virginia, and a lot of far, a lot of farming going on. I just have a question. Were you scared of your, of your pops growing up? What do you mean when I scared him? Hell, I'm still scared of him, and he's sixty some years old. <laughs> <laughs> so he did a good job. Was he? Was he? Uh, was he like tough love guy? Was he mentor guy? He was tough love, tough love guy. I mean, uh, his father. You know, just it was that way. It's just that culture growing up there in rural Mid America. You know, I mean, they did they'd hold your hand while they kicked your butt at the same time. You know. Yeah. So okay. So you're 18 years old. Um, tell me a story of you know the next five years of your life. Uh, 18 years old, I, I had uh, powerlifting stuff all through high school. Um, was one of the strongest kids actually in the state of Illinois. Was pretty fast. Was going to play college football. I got uh, unfortunately a really uh, kind of um, unique and, and odd uh, accident. Got um, a compartment, anterior compartment syndrome. About lost my leg from the knee down. Got really depressed. Wanted to go to college but couldn't because my mom was a janitor and my dad was a farmer slash welder. So. Um, uh, knew I wanted to get out of a small town. Signed up for the Army. Recruiter came around. Said, son, we got a perfect job for you. You can travel. You can jump out of airplanes and see the world. We didn't tell me I'd be jumping out with a with a, with an automatic weapon and, uh, you know, and trying and, and, and training to kill people. But, um, you know, Uncle Sam got in. I, you know, I was depressed after my leg. Was out of shape and it got me in great shape. And, uh, you know, it was good. Definitely learned a lot, a lot there about myself and, and grew up quite a bit. Um... Went, uh, you know, three years with the with the, Air, the Airborne Infantry, ended up at a leg unit with the 10th Mountain. Got uh, out of there, got back to school. I got a, actually a, a, a green to gold. Uh, I got an honors law scholarship. Couple years in, uh, in, in, in college. Woke up one day, decided I wanted to be a lawyer. 
dropped out of school and just uh, spent about five years traveling around the United States, just kind of lived out of the back of my truck. I mean, I lived in Colorado and worked in ski resorts, Texas, New York, you name it, and just kind of traveled around and really learned a lot about myself and about uh, about life and the world. You know, it was, it was definitely a good time. That's cool. That's cool. So, so how'd you get into fitness? So I'll let everybody know you, you own a company called Gut Check Fitness. You guys do some amazing outdoor fitness concepts and, and I really love what you guys are doing with that. But how, how did you get to where you are today? Well, you know, I mean, uh, the, growing up on the farm, the military, uh, that my, in my twenties, I ended up working down in, um, Bourbon street, New Orleans, got a job bartending. And at that point, the, the, you know, the roughest thing I'd ever done was smoke, uh, smoke marijuana, uh, as a teenager and drank beer while well, all of a sudden that culture down there um, got into it and uh, lost my soul. I got caught up doing ecstasy and coke and health drugs I couldn't even, I didn't even know the name of. Um, and then ended up hitting bottom. I was snorting about an, an ounce of cocaine a weekend, was suicidal, so decided I was going to kill myself one night, called my mom. Uh, luckily, didn't have the balls to do it. Uh, woke up the next day, of course, was you know horrified that I had done something so disgraceful and just just so pathetic. And uh, I knew I had to leave, and I moved back to the Midwest from New Orleans. And I thought I could outrun my addiction, but um, anyone that's ever dealt with addictions uh, realize that uh, they they follow you. So, as I say, back in a small farming community, I found drugs again, and uh, I knew that it was either. I had to change. I had two options, either get back into the drug world and die or um, change it, and fitness was there. Fitness has been something that always been solid in my life, um, and so I replaced one addiction for another. I just uh, took fitness, and, and that's how I've, part of the reason I've gone this track, this path right now, and, and definitely something that's helped me obtain all the, the great goals and achievements that I've, that I've set and made. So you've completed in some amazing events man so tell us a little bit about some of the events that you you've done how grueling they were and how how you uh how you decided to start doing endurance events well you know i was living out in uh, dc I'd, I'd moved out there to work for an outdoor fitness company at the time called the sergeant's program it's one of the largest in the nation this was back in uh 19 uh let's see 1990 like seven um didn't work out too well and i started my my own company and at 30 you know, just like uh, like a lot of young guys out there, kind of disillusioned, not knowing what I want to do with myself and want to set myself apart in the fitness industry. So I decided, you know, what the hell? Let's see if um, let's see if we can uh, let's see if I can attempt the toughest races on earth. Of course, we didn't have much for internet at that time. Hell, I, I think it was before Al Gore had, Al Gore invented it. So I think I, I don't know where I found the races at, but um, found you know like the Ray Galois, the Bad Water 135, the Grand Slam of Ultra Running, the, this Guinness World Record, a bunch of that, and decided at 30 to um, just to see if I could do it. I mean, it was just my goal, and uh, set out and started out with the uh, the 520 mile Trans Himalayan Ray Galois from um, from Lhasa, Tibet to Jhanapur, India. Came back from there. Um, did uh, the Old Dominion 100 miler, and then the Western States 100 miler, then the Badwater in the middle of that, the Badwater 135, the uh, Leadville 100, the um, um, the Wasatch Front 100, the JFK 50 miler, and then uh, broke the uh, the Guinness World Record in December of that year. So it was uh, it was one hell of a year. It was quite an amazing year. Yeah, seriously. You know what? Well, 
in the next segment, we'll kind of get into the mentality of how you finish some of those things. But but just to hear you say, it takes you long enough to say that stuff, much less go and do it, you know? It's kind of crazy. So, all right, Joe, before we move on, man, I have uh, one more icebreaker for you. That's one of my favorite questions I ask. And the question is, what is the most inspiring thing you've ever witnessed in person that has to do with sport or competition or athletics? Oh, man, that's a good question. I mean, you can imagine um, all these different events. I've seen some just absolutely amazing, just amazing displays of, uh, you know, just, just human strength and, and, you know, ability to keep driving on. But I think the one that probably still to this day touches me the most and, I mean, gives me goosebumps and, uh, you know, just a real tearjerker to this day. Um, my first year doing Badwater, the Badwater 135, I'd finished up in um, – about 39 hours, and, you know, I mean, it beat the living bejesus out of me, as you can imagine. It was uh, prior to doing Badwater, first I'd, I'd gone was 50 miles, and Badwater's a bear, man. It had t- taken my toenails. It had taken, uh, taken uh, you know, pounds of flesh and, uh, um, you know, just a big part of my life. And I'm down in a little diner in uh, Lone Pine, um, California, which is at the base of uh, Mount Whitney, and, you know, I'm sitting there feeling sorry for myself. I'm 29 years old and pretty beat up. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sitting there in the diner and I look out and coming down the street um, is this guy. And we all wore whites. There's this company called Sun Precautions made white clothing with long sleeves, long legs, uh, you know, full full length legs and hats to keep the sun off of you. Because it's pretty intense in Death Valley, as you can imagine. And uh, Chris Moon, I'm pretty sure, was his name. He's coming through the street, and the guy had, he, he was a double amputee, lost an arm and lost a leg, uh, had stepped on a landmine, removing landmines um, in, I think, Cambodia or someplace like that area. But here this guy was running. It's now probably 45, 50 hours into it. There's blood completely running down the uh, leg of his pants. Um, and his stump on his arm, I think, was bleeding too. But he he wasn't giving up. He wouldn't quit. He wasn't moving real fast. He was he was just you know limping along, just limping along. But he just didn't stop. And he still he made it to the top. And I think he finished it in under sixty hours to get the buckle. I'm pretty sure. But it was just one of the most awe inspiring, motivating uh, things I think I ever witnessed in my life. I mean, I, I just, I'll, I'll never forget it. You know, it's just absolutely incredible that the, the power of the, of the human spirit, you know, the determination. Yeah, that's, that's a great story, Joe. I think, uh, I think everybody needs a story like that just to kind of draw from when you're having a hard time. You know, if you have something where you can think of somebody in a worse situation, that's still pushing, that's just huge, you know? I agree. All right, so you know, I feel like we kind of have a good idea where you're coming from right now. We're going to move on to athlete on fire, and basically, you know, whether or not you're competing at a high level right now, uh, you have at one point in your life, and and you mentor and you coach people right now, and you try to get them into a certain mentality. So, so whatever way you want to go with it, let's just talk about um, what it takes to be on fire as an athlete, okay? Yeah. All right, so the first one, let's start it off with a good inspirational quote. You got one of those? Oh man, I got so many, I got so many quotes. Um, I, I got one of my own that's on my uh, on my shirts that I have at the Ultimate Suck, and it's got some profanity in it, but it's meant to be more motivational than uh, you know than shocking. It's just uh, don't think, just fucking do. Become robotic, meaning just don't even get inside your head. Just become like a machine and just uh, never quit and keep moving one task at a time. 
Yeah, I think that would do it, especially for events that take 60 hours, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> cool. So, you know, we know how glamorous it is to win an event and how, how good it must feel for you and, and for other athletes in the world. But tell us about a time when you just fell flat on your face, when you thought you were prepared. Um, You know, I mean, the good thing is, well, I think to be the best athlete possible, this is, of course, only my philosophy you have to know how to lose to really understand how to win. I mean, it's funny because people today, it seems like society is based around this, everybody's a winner bullshit, and I don't agree. You know, I look back throughout my life, I think the most motivating times personally for myself is when I lost. Because when you win, it's like, okay, your hard work paid off. But, I mean, you feel good, but you don't really get to shake your human foundation down down to the base your core like losing losing makes you question what did i do wrong what can i do better i mean question everything and um you know i'm sure a lot of your listeners out there have probably heard of the barkley 100 uh, one of my favorite races and i, I the, the toughest ultra race that i know of in the world um not only once but twice has that thing just uh you know chewed me up and spit me out and uh you know, both years I thought I was pretty prepared, but um, just wasn't uh, wasn't there. And uh, you know, I just I love it though. It's probably one of my favorite races. And you know, people would say, "Well, you've won the death race twice. Isn't that your favorite race?" I mean, I love don't get me wrong, I love the death race, but I love Barkley because I lost twice. I just got my butt handed to me, and it's one that I fall back on for strength when, when I need it. You know, it's a uh, yeah. So that, that's that's definitely it. So for people who don't know the Barclays, why don't you just tell us a, a short story about Barclay and, and what it's all about and what your experience was? Uh, you know, Barclays just, it, it's, you, you got to look it up. I mean, you got to look it up. I wouldn't recommend you go out there unless you're completely, you know, off your rocker. But it's, uh, they say it's 100 miles long. It's actually like 125. It's got over 60,000 feet of elevation gain in five 20-mile loops. Uh, of course, only 14 people in 25 years have made five of the loops. Uh, the weather, it can be from 100 degrees at uh, one point to uh, 20 below, uh, you know, in a couple hours. It's in the, the Smoky Mountains, Frozen Head State Park, Tennessee. A uh, guy puts it on, Gary Cantrell, also known as Lazarus Lake, is just one of the most quirky, most wonderful, interesting guys in the entire world. Charges $1.60 to get in this race, and uh, you have to write an essay about why you're allowed to come to his race and drop out before he'll even uh, let you in. So it's uh, it's unique. It's one of a kind, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. So we'll throw that in the show notes so people can go see what it's all about. It's pretty pretty wild. Uh, all right, Joe, do you, do you think there's a life experience that, that gives you uh, an edge over your competition? Um, you know, I mean, I definitely draw a lot of strength. You know, I mean, there's there's a few uh, you know, growing up, I mean, unfortunately, my dad was a little bit physically abusive, and we had the child abuse in our place, uh, you know, growing up, which definitely I draw strength from because nothing can hurt me worse than that. You know, almost losing my leg from my football injury, I draw a lot of strength from. And then, uh, you know, my time being, uh, being, you know, caught up in drugs, um, that's another one. So, those really are quite, you know, the, some of the lowest times in my life are some of the ones I really draw a lot of strength from because I figure if I was able to get out of those instances, that there's not really much that I can't overcome, you know. And I think it's true with, with, with all of us, you know. I think most of the athletes you have on your show probably have some great bad times to draw some great strength from, you know, so you get some power from. Yeah, for sure. It, 
are there is there a certain type of person you're drawn to and is there a certain type of person that just drives you crazy you can't stand <laughs> you know i i like i i like anyone that's that that that, that uh uh that just believes in living i mean i'm a big big believer not a big intellect and i'm big into reading i'm gonna have cable television and i you know i love like dylan thomas you know rage rage against the light um you know i just uh do not go softly into the night rage rage against the light i mean i just I, i'm a big believer that you know I, I i don't know what's after this but while i'm here i mean i i'm gonna live and i'm gonna live to the utmost and, and to, to to just the maximum nth degree possible and i feel we all should i see so many people just just kind of walk like zombies through life and i just it's, it's so sad it's, um it's just so sad you know and I, I am definitely drawn to people that 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 uh that live. They say every man exists, but very few men live. And, um, you know, that's my peeps right there. Oh, that's awesome, man. All right, so I love this question. It cracks me up. People are so different. Are there any, like, superstitions or rituals that you that you do that are kind of quirky or weird? Um, you know, I'm pretty much weird all across the board, so I don't know if I'd say anything <laughs> that really kind of come out of the ordinary for me. I mean, being uh, diagnosed with uh, OCD, ADD, and ADHD, I mean... I'm pretty much I'm pretty much effed up as it is, so I really don't have any too much. I mean, uh, you know. So is there I mean, is there anything that makes you normal? <laughs> <laughs> um, now there, that's a difficult question. Uh, normal, <laughs> I would say probably not a whole lot. I'm uh, I, not, definitely not normal. I don't. I yeah, no, not not too much. <laughs> <laughs> I love the energy though, man. It's awesome. So, so I always ask that question before I ask this one, and. Is it, is there a real habit um, that helps you become or that you think helps you be successful in, in athletics and with your, your training business that you have? Um, yeah, I was, you know, I, I think, Scott, that one of the things, and I would imagine you probably hear this from a lot of people, you know, visualization and stuff like that. Before I go to an event, I, I have already Google Earthed it. I've already researched it. I've already studied it. And in my head, I've already run it. Uh, you know, I ran the race or, you know, whatever, cycled or swam or whatever, or um, you name it, time and time and time. I'll go through, generally, for a big event, I'll start at least six months out hard, and I will run it over and over and over. I will trip, I'll twist my ankle, uh, my knee, break an arm, a leg, Anything that I can possibly think of, be attacked by a pack of uh, rabid wolverines, I mean, you name it, and just try to uh, try to prepare. You know, I mean, I think it's one of the biggest things that definitely, I, I know it really, really helps me out a lot. Because, granted, you can't prepare, you know, actually, like, you know, uh, physically, re- or, you know, it's not really reality, but visualization helps so much. And I think that's definitely, that's definitely a big key. Yeah, that's, it's a huge recurring theme with all the athletes I've spoke with, so... Uh, that's great advice. Is it? Is there something that you think you're willing to do that most people aren't to be successful? Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know because I don't like to, I don't like to classify myself different than other people because I honestly, I see us as all the same. I just think it's what we're willing to do. And you know, there's an old saying that um, the uh, the best marathoners in the world are not the ones that are necessarily have the best. Uh, uh, the best VO2 max, um, but they're the ones that have the highest pain threshold. And growing up the way that I did, you know, pain, I can shut pain off. I mean, maybe it's not a good thing, but 
can almost just tune it out to where pain doesn't affect me. Um, which I know some people may say, well, that's kind of kind of stupid, and you sound like a moron. Well, I won't, I would not disagree with you. Anyone out there with a brain, I would probably say you're right. But it's allowed me to, you know, break world record and do bad water a couple times and win the death race a couple times by being able to to go beyond the point when your brain tells your body smartly to quit. Yeah, that's that's definitely unique. You know, a lot of people don't have that skill, Joe. <laughs> well, we call it skill. Sometimes it is. I, I completely understand. It's probably not the smartest thing in the world, but uh, I, I wouldn't advise everyone to do it. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I think I think we're we've had a good time on 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 this segment with you and kind of going on the journey with you and some things that you've gone through. So before we go to the last segment, which is athlete inspired, where we just give people a lot of good takeaways, I want to have a little fun with you. Okay, so you. Uh, You've been the world's fittest man, and and you have a health and fitness company. You do a lot of boot camps. You do a lot of speaking. You have a ridiculous event that goes on. So I thought somebody that's so active, what what topic could we do a quiz on? So I'm going to quiz you on Twinkies. <laughs> all right. So I have three questions for you that are all multiple choice. If you get them all wrong, I'll be happy. Number one, what year were Twinkies invented or produced first? A, 1930, B, 1945, C, 1965, or D, 1302, and the first one is still edible? <laughs> um, damn, man. You know, growing up on a farm, man, I, I, we, we used to love some Twinkies. I'll say, um, let me see, Twinkie, boy. Uh, I'm going to go 1945. It is actually A, 1930, oh, Joe. Man, that's what I wanted to say, but it just seemed too... Uh, too long ago. Okay, darn it. Hey, that's gut check, man. You got to go with your gut. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All right, so number two is uh, which which president wanted to put Twinkies in the time capsule? Was it A, Obama, B, Clinton, C, George W., or D, Carter? Oh, man. It just seemed, I mean, uh, I know Bill Clinton. He liked his Mickey D's and junk food. I'll go with uh, with, with Bill Clinton. That is right, and actually, I made a note. I made a note because he he always stopped to get his fast food on his runs. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. That's just awesome <laughs> role modeling. Make be sure to get your bacon, egg, and cheese on the way back from a four mile run. All right. So this is a question that everybody asks: What what is the shelf life of a Twinkie? Is it A two years, B ten days, C infinite, or D twenty five days? Oh man, I you know I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, 25 days. That is correct. Really, man, I didn't know my Twinkies. We have a closet Twinkie hoarder over here. Closet? Hell, I got some downstairs in the, in the cupboard. <laughs> yeah, you got to buy those like stock, man. They're going I out. Know. They're back in though. Did you hear? Yeah, I did. That's hilarious, man. <laughs> so there was a, this is a, this is off the topic, but there was a gym in Colorado a few years ago. And it's so bad. The guy was killing it and it was called the anti-gym. And he literally would throw Twinkies at overweight clients during their workouts oh to, to motivate them. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. <laughs> Needless to say, he got sued out of his brains and uh, lost, but it's pretty interesting. Well, uh, All right. Do you remember, and I'm pretty sure if I remember some free law school, or um, the Twinkie defense, the, the police officer that um, – Got away with yeah. murder because he ate too many Twinkies and his sugar made him go crazy and uh, 
he actually killed someone. I guess yeah. the Twinkie defense, man. Twinkies are something else. you got to watch out for those things. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was actually one of my my uh, questions, but I'm glad I didn't ask that because you, you apparently know everything about these stupid things. <laughs> so, so we'll move on to the last segment. And the last segment really is for the listener. I want you to give these guys and gals things that they can take away and use on their own, okay? Um, so the first one is still about you a little bit, but I want people to know, is, is legacy important to you? Yeah, you know, legacy as far as like myself, not so much. I mean, you know, uh, legacy as far as, uh, you know, I, I'd like to be known, I guess, remembered as someone that tried to actually make a difference in the world and try to help people out, but it's not that big a deal. I mean, you know, right now, my biggest thing is, uh, is, is trying to help people right now. I mean, we just expanded across the nation into Australia and I'm, getting to reach out and work with, uh, with, with, you know, hundreds and thousands and more people. So that, that means a lot more to me. I, I don't really care after I'm dead. Hell, I, I'll be dead anyway. So it's not like I really, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to know much or remember much about it. So, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. All right. So, uh, so who or what in the world is inspiring you right now? Oh man, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I guess the the thing that really inspires me the most right now is you know owning a company like Gut Check Fitness, which is uh, it's pretty we're we're pretty uh, pretty intense, I guess, and a little bit scary to a lot of people, even though we're extremely nice. Is that you know in this day and age when it just seems like society's going to hell in a handbasket, that there's so many men and women out there that are that are coming through our doors that are ready to get back out there and, and get after it again, and it's just kind of. That, that's my inspiration. I mean, if we, if we didn't have anybody and it was just the the Miley, the, the Miley Cyruses and, uh, you know, the Lady Gagas and uh, and the Kim Kardashians um, and that was it, I, I, I would probably just, uh, you know, pack my bag and head to the Amazon. But we're, we're getting a lot of people out there. So that, that's my inspiration. Definitely my clients are my inspiration. Oh, that's awesome. That's actually uh, – that's how this whole show got started, you know. Every day you would just see normal people inspiring the crap out of you and it's like – Let's bring stories of everybody to those people so we can inspire them back. It's pretty. That's pretty much where I started this cool. thing. Uh, so I know you're a big reader. I know you don't watch much TV or anything. So can you tell tell us of a book or two that are are really close to you? You know, I mean, like I, you know, I, we you know, we've talked before. There's so many books I love. I mean, just you know, I, and I, if I could say one thing to any of your listeners out there, guys, just you know what, cancel your cable and uh, go to the library and you know pick up a book. I mean. That was my way growing up poor to travel because we I, we, I, we never left the farm unless it was going to the county the county fair or something like that. But through a book, I mean, you could travel around the nation, around the world, and around the universe and beyond. Uh, there's so many. I mean, I, I love books that make me feel good, make me laugh, just because it's kind of that's I, I just really enjoy them. And one of my favorite is Confederacy of Dunces, John Kennedy Toole. Um, Love, love, love that book. It's one of, my, one of my favorite. And then one of my authors, if you get a chance, John Updike, um, the Rabbit series, uh, Rabbit Run, Rabbit is Rich, and Rabbit Redux. I mean, just really comical, humorous, witty, and just just enjoyable books. But um, you know, I, I don't really know if there's such a thing as as a, as a bad book. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's outside of Twilight Saga and stuff like that. There's uh, there's so many good things out there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So. Uh- I'll throw at least those two on the show notes so people can go check out John Updike and and uh, Confederacy of du- uh, Dunces. I've I, I still have not read that, so cool. we'll put that out there. Um, so we're getting close to wrapping up, and uh, you know I, I want you to kind of just share a little bit of what you're doing right now with your business, 
how can people connect with you? And is there a cause or a charity or something like that that you're really getting behind right yeah, now? Yeah, there is, Scott. You know, I mean, we have a company here in San Diego and have classes and stuff we do all around the area, work with people, all ages, you know, I mean, you name it. Um, we just expanded to uh, to different uh, cities from, from Pennsylvania to Sacramento to uh, Las Vegas, L.A., and even down to Melbourne, Australia. Um, we're growing. We're... Um, we're about fitness, but we're also about, uh, you know, just this way of life. Uh, we, you know, we, we don't believe in diets and, and crazy fads and crap like that. We just believe in being a good, solid person, you know, eating right, exercising, and just, uh, you know, just enjoying life. So um, it's good stuff. But then check it out at uh, www.gutcheckfitness.com. We have uh, events around the nation called the Suck 2, which are uh, overnight 12-hour events, which I would recommend if you're interested in getting into the crazy world that, uh, that, that a lot of us are into. It's a pretty fun way to go out at night and get tortured for about 12 hours and uh, see the sun come up the next day but, and meet some really cool people. So, um, yeah, you know, those – and the nice thing is all of our events we do, we tie in – I, I love my big charities and, I, you know, they're getting a lot of help, like, you know, from a lot of the different uh, organizations out there. So we work with a lot of mom-and-pop shops. So any little city or any city we go into – we try to tie in a local children or local li- local causes that really, you know, kind of kind of pulled our heartstrings and, and we think could use a little bit of a boost. So we're working with all with, we're working with lots of charities all around the all around the world right now. So just just good stuff, you know. I mean, it's nice getting out there growing, but to change in the world one person at a time. Yeah, that's awesome, Joe. So so one of the last questions I like to ask people is just to bring everything full circle. We'll go back to the very first question I asked you, and uh, what what I want you to do is just give your 15 year old version some some advice that that you think would help you when you're 15 years old. Uh, you know, 15 years old, I would definitely say, uh, no, no matter what life throws at you, no matter how bad that uh, you ever think it is, uh, never, ever, ever, um, you know, give up. Uh, again, like Dylan Thomas said, you know, rage, rage against the light. Um, just, just, just live and. And, uh, you know, be happy and don't stress and don't worry too much. It'll, it'll all be okay. And uh, believe in your dreams. You know, believe in you can achieve. And, and there's, there's nothing in the world that you can't do. Awesome, Joe. Well, I've had an amazing time with you today. Just learn more about your story. Uh, I want to thank you for your time right now. You are very welcome, Scott. It's great talking to you. I really enjoyed it. And to everybody else... I want to say that I'm Scott Jones, and you guys were inspired by Joe Decker, who is still and probably always will be an athlete on fire. Thanks a lot, Joe. Uh, You got it, man. Thanks a lot, Scott. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today for Athlete on Fire. I knew you would like Joe Decker. Isn't that guy awesome, man? He just takes it to a whole nother level of passion, inspiration. You can just tell he loves what he does. Go to Gut Check Fitness, check out what he's doing, check out his event, The Suck. I'm actually going to try to at least volunteer for his event in Colorado. I need a challenge in my life, and you guys probably want a challenge as well. So go to athleteonfire.com, click on the athlete workouts, and find Joe's Fitness on Fire. And we've modified it for every level, and have a, have a good time with that. Until next time, thanks a lot.